Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another look at aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You ever get an idea in your head that you just can't let go of? Well, that's me when it comes to brackish aquariums. As you know, we've been playing with brackish, or at least our interpretation of the brackish botanical-style aquarium for a while now, and it's still obsessing us. There's something about this semi-salty habitat and the fishes which reside there that draws me in. Uh, So-called urahaline fishes. Uh, And urahaline is defined as fishes capable of tolerating a wide range of saltwater concentrations. Hmm, like mollies. They totally fit that description, right? Like many of you, I've adored mollies since I was a kid. They were probably the first so-called challenging fish I ever kept. As they were, you know, they were not quite as hardy as some of the platies, the swordtails, and the guppies and such that were sort of standard issue for us hobby newbies back in the day. Now, I'll be first to admit that I am absolutely not anything close to knowledgeable on the family Posillidae, but I do have a fascination for some of the legendary fishes of our hobbies and for unraveling the reasons why we keep them the way we do. Mollies are one of those fishes that seems like we've all kept, yet they have some sort of thing about them, as if there's some secret we don't know but we should uncover, some mystique. And there's a bunch of different species that we call mollies, which confuses stuff even further, and makes the whole story all the more juicy to me. How could I not enjoy something that is this sort of a mess, right? Like, the whole thing about salt and mollies. If you recall, you're always told to add some salt to their aquariums in order to keep them healthy and to avoid fungal and parasitic infections. Well, the freshwater kind, anyway. And let's face it, it's fundamentally sound advice for these notoriously touchy fish. The rationale is that at lower, uh, compared to full-on marine aquariums, specific gravity of, say, 1.04 to 1.015, they're pretty bulletproof because most of the freshwater parasites and funguses that, uh, you know, these fishes often fall victim to just can't make the osmotic stretch to this type of environment, and the fish can. So salt in their water gives you sort of an insurance policy against some of these nasty problems, and thus the old trick of a teaspoon of salt per gallon or whatever it was worked just fine. And yet somewhere along the line, the whole add a teaspoonful of salt per gallon thing, or whatever the recipe was, stuck in our collective hobby minds. The husbandry regimen morphed into the narrative, they are brackish water fishes, you know, perfect for brackish tanks. True, well, only partially true, like many things in the hobby, as I would discover over the years. You know, stuff like, oh, black water aquariums are dangerously uncontrollable, pH, you know, crash inevitable, dirty time bombs, you, you know, you can't keep them long term, you know, shit like that. Sound familiar? Yeah. So that's the hobby, right? Anyway, back to the mollies. They're found in brackish water habitats in their range. And as I became more and more enamored with brackish water aquariums over the years, I did more and more research on them, trying to find examples of you know, brackish water habitats where these fishes are native rather than introduced. And I thought to myself, you know, hobbyists always seem to recommend them as candidates for keeping in brackish aquariums. That's the type of a habitat where they come from, right? And, you know, visions of murky, tinted mangrove thickets with mud, mollies, archer fishes, orange chromides, all that stuff danced in my head. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I just figured I'd find some wild examples from which to draw some further inspiration. And, well, that's where it got a little bit fuzzy. That's where it stays fuzzy. I mean, these are surprisingly adaptable fishes as long as their needs are met. You know, warm, hard, alkaline water and low to non-existent levels of nitrate. And since the aggressiveness of many of the parasites that cause so much stress in freshwater fishes is a little less impactful in salt water, we've sort of used that kind of cover for assuming this type of habitats are the types of habitats that they've hailed from in the wild. 
and of course, being blessed or cursed with uh, urahaling capabilities, a whole range of assumptions arose about these fish. Throwing in the fact that they come from down there in the coastal regions of Central and South America or thereabouts creates all sorts of confusion among the type of habitats from which they come. And yeah, that gets confusing. And it also gives everyone the impression that mollies are preferentially brackish water fish. I thought that. Absolutely. I mean, right? Yeah. And although there are some species collected in brackish water and even some transplanted populations around the world that live in full-strength seawater, as a whole, most species have not traditionally been native to most brackish water habitats. Hard and alkaline? Yeah, absolutely. But brackish? Again, like 1.04 to 1.06 or whatever? Uh Uh-uh. They can absolutely adapt and thrive to what we call brackish conditions. In fact, I know a bunch of hobbyists who've kept them in full-strength marine tanks, you know, 1.021 or 1.025, excuse me, with really great results. They, you know, use them as algae eaters and reef tanks or worse to cycle new aquariums, yuck. But, you know, they've lived in saltwater tanks. I've seen many reef tanks with mollies, cool-looking, you know, domesticated mollies swimming around. It's kind of funny to see. And they're perfectly content. Now, again, I'll be the first to admit that I am not the guy you want to turn to for comprehensive knowledge on live bears, particularly mollies. I'm just a guy with a more than casual interest in the environments from which they come. And this whole, you know, podcast uh, subject is not about, you know, what the best mollies are to keep in aquariums or about the taxonomy of the genus they belong to or any number of other topics that you'd expect from someone who really knows this stuff. No, no, no. My main angle really Um, has been to see what, if any, species actually come from the types of environments we've been obsessing with as we do in more and more with estuary, which is our, you know, brackish water sort of line of materials here at Tannin Aquatics. Now, early on in my search for suitable brackish water candidates for what I used to call my estuary project, now it's just my brackish tank, I looked towards species I read about, which had a very tantalizing common name. Uh, The species called Pocelia ori, the so-called mangrove molly. I mean, how can you not like that that name, right? It, which occurs from Central America, Southern Mexico, Quintana Roo, to Northern Honduras and Colombia, uh, the Islas de Providencia. It is actually found in brackish water habitats, living up to its common name. Now, don't get me started on the whole common name thing. Remember our piece on the so-called Amazon molly that we talked about a while ago? Yeah, it had a great, it's a fascinating fish. It has interesting reproductive habitats, but it ain't from the damn Amazon, much to our collective disappointment here. The Amazon part referred to the unusual females-only species. So, you know, names are, common names are kind of a pain. In fact, as we know, common names mean little, really. But this one I somehow recall as being correct. Yet it wasn't easy for me to verify this uh, if it weren't for a recollection from my own travels, as we'll see shortly. And this is really funny because I'm not like this world traveler guy, but I've done in little... Now, many species of mollies are found in brackish salt marshes in the southeastern United States, along the Gulf of Mexico. There seems to be no easy way, though, of confirming whether they naturally occur in the brackish marshes there or were introduced. Well, I mean, there probably is, but I couldn't confirm it for myself. And I have a bunch of friends who live in these areas who are always more than happy to collect them for me, which is kind of funny. Anyhow, some time ago, while doing my fish geek due diligence and trying to figure out what type of habitats the various collection localities for Pocelia aurei that were listed on Fishbase actually were, I stumbled on a locale that sounded familiar to me personally. Yeah, it was a clue. One of the type, uh, the listed type localities was Roatan Island, Honduras, within uh, 0.5 miles of the shrimp docks at Oak Ridge, two sides of peninsula 
One side clear reef back muddy ragoon with mangroves. Oh, hmm, shrimp docks at Oak Ridge. That rang a bell. Of course, because I was on a dive trip to Roatan there about eight years ago. While in Roatan, like anywhere else, I would dive. And I don't dive as much as I used to just because I guess I just don't get out as much. But I used to always ask about spots to, to dive or snorkel near mangroves and seagrass beds because I find them really interesting. And like, who likes looking at big fishes like stupid sharks and groupers? I mean, you've seen one, you've seen them all. They're just a big gray fish, right? Anyway, I remember a guide telling us, you know, after like thinking about this for a while, I was like, oh yeah, there's a lagoon with a lot of mangroves out near the shrimp docks. I think it's around Oak Ridge. And I'm like, because I, I couldn't forget that name. And the best part is I remember going there with my friend who was also a fish geek. And he was, he was like not exactly as thrilled about wading into the murky, nasty water as I was. But I recall seeing, you know, the, in the brackish water, and it was 1.004, if I remember, from my little swing arm hydrometer that I used to travel with, what I thought were like, hey, wild mollies. Yeah, stupid me had, you know, apparently inadvertently stumbled on a known brackish water habitat of Pocilia ori. Now, confession here. It wasn't like, what a remarkable fish. I think it's Pocilia ori. No, no, nothing so brilliant. It was more like, dude, look at those gray fish. I think they're mosquito fish, right? But at least I got them as a live bear, right? So it was close. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not some great explorer, ichthyologist, adventurer guy. I'm never going to be referred to in the same breath as Carl H. Engenman, you know, Jacques Gary, or Herbert R. Axelrod even. Nope, no, no. I'm just some geeked out hobbyist who gets on these obsessed tangents. And I'm not even going to admit being slightly well-versed on mollies. I have kept them for years. But I could hardly be the guy you'd turn to for advice on these fishes. The fact is, this whole they do fine in saltwater thing simply... Uh, it floated around the hobby is so generally accepted without any question that it simply deserved more investigation. So I dipped in. The reality is that there are several species which seem to occur mainly in brackish habitats, like Pocelia vandipoli, Pocelia elegans, and the aforementioned Pocelia ori, to just name a few. But really, they aren't exactly the most common varieties you're going to see in the hobby, for sure. Now, the misconception seems to come with the ever-popular uh, Pocelia svenops and Pocelia villafera. Boy, did I butcher that name, isn't it? Villafera, whatever. However, the, the molly to most of us, along with uh, Pocelia latipina. However, Pocelia latipina does come from brackish habitats, as well further compounding this ridiculousness. I mean, ha, it's really confusing. And the, these fish are adaptable to various salinities, even the wild varieties. And interestingly... Uh, one study I found indicated that the isolation in nature of populations of Pocilia latipina in fresh and brackish waters, quote, has not greatly altered the physiological capabilities with respect to ambient salinity. So, yeah, they're adaptable. Interesting. So where does this leave us when trying to determine which species work in a brackish water aquarium? Well, for one thing, confused. <laughs> the reality is that because of the introduction to various habitats around the world, this remarkably adaptable group of fishes has found its way into a great variety of niches and managed to thrive in each. I think, I think that the perception in the hobby is that the domesticated hybrid versions that we see in shops are simply assumed to be able to live in brackish systems, which they are, mind you. However, their ancestors likely originated in hard alkaline freshwater habitats, interestingly enough. We used the salt in their tanks because of the aforementioned husbandry benefits. Yet, I think we believe in our minds that we're doing them a favor and giving them natural conditions by doing this, which we may or may not be doing, right? Ah, confused yet? I am. 
And I'll bet, however, the more, uh, you know, however, I'll bet that like the more hardcore live bear guys will tell you that in order to be more authentic, you'd probably want to be playing with the species we've been talking about, uh, you know, the real brackish water ones among others. Now, this shockingly less than earth shattering sort of haphazardly researched review of the Molly misconception will definitely not lend me a keynote at the next year, you know, next year's American library convention. And that's okay. And it's probably setting me up to be schooled by hobbyists who've forgotten more about this stuff than I'll ever know. However, in my defense, let me tell you that we in the hobby have, in my opinion, done a remarkably good job at confusing the shit out of the subject of who comes from what habitat. The narrative is just, oh yeah, they work in brackish tanks. And it's true, but not all that helpful, really, especially in this online world where everybody's an expert. It's a world of assumptions, inferences, overgeneralizations, and partially correct information in the middle of the correct information. So my comeback to those mean, arrogant, knowledgeable haters that will trash me at some point is, hey, well, you guys did a crappy job of disseminating the actual information on this subject. Look what you've done. Fix it. There. How's that? Yeah, I don't think that's going to endear me to those guys, but it's true, right? I mean, yeah, just because I'm researching it doesn't mean that I'm the guy that invented the misconception or created the confusion. Look, personally, I think it's fine to include mollies in your brackish water aquarium, if only for the fact that lots of species of the damn fish are swimming in brackish water habitats around the world, whether or not they were naturally occurring there. And I suppose the fancy domesticated varieties would be a little less authentic, of course, whether or not they arrived in those conditions naturally is a completely different story. So with a little research, it was relatively easy to find out who is found where. I mean, it's a bit tougher to find out if, you know, it's the actual locality where they evolved. Introduction to so many sites around the world has confused it a bit for outsiders like myself. But it would make a cool topic for some Mali expert to present at, you know, some convention sometime. I think that would be interesting, compelling, attractive, interesting, and weird, actually. You know, Mollies continue to attract fish geeks. It's understandable. I mean, they got me if for no other reason than the confusion surrounding their adaptability, the mystique. And pretty much any hobby topic that has controversy, confusion, and a popular misconception is totally up my alley, as they say. Ironically, I think they're actually a sort of victim of their own adaptability and variability. It's like the sort of era hayline curse, right? So once again, all this running around and twisting in and out leads me to the following conclusion. Finally, overreaching conclusion here. If you want to keep mollies, any type really, in your brackish water aquarium and if you acclimated them you know, to that environment, go for it. Who the hell am I or anyone else to tell you otherwise, right? If you want to be a bit more hardcore and you know, biotopically accurate, as they say, you should consider looking for one of the species we've talked about in this piece and uh, you know, attempting to more accurately you know, represent the habitat from which they come in your tank. Now, in the end, this hobby is all about what makes you happy. And to me, nothing makes me happier than a good fish mystery. That's part of the mystique of mollies to me. Now, if I can only find the jet black ones with the bright orange stripe on the top of the dorsal fin, you ever see those? Yeah. So go deeper. Don't always blindly accept the glossy, overly generalized answer you see in hobby forums and such. If you have a hunch about something, stay relentless in your pursuit of the real story. There's usually one out there. Stay emboldened to try new stuff. Stay excited about that journey, even if it turns out you're wrong, and you, you very well might be wrong, but at least it turns out you tried to find out the truth, right? And that's a victory in and of itself, just sort of rising above the fluff that's out there. So stay resourceful, stay relentless, stay engaged, stay diligent, stay geeky, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.